Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, more of Hockey Sense with Andy Strickland. And we're back here on Hockey Sense. Great to have you with us as always. It's our Friday tradition. You know that. As always, brought to you by Four Hands Brewing Company. Get down there today. Get down there for opening day. 1220 South 8th Street. And uh, your best place to hang out before or after the game and try that mango lemonade hard seltzer, too. You know that. Uh, you got to love those hard seltzers from Four Hands Brewing Company. All right, Blues in Edmonton tonight. Looking forward to that, as always. And uh, listen, always look forward to catching up with my colleague, John Kelly, man. It's not often we get to do this on radio, John. I see you all the time. It's like, hey, we got to get you on the radio, too, so you can uh, you know, weigh in on some of the happenings around the NHL and certainly with the Blues as well. Always good to talk with you. How are you today? I'm doing great, Andy. Always fun to be with you on your award-winning radio show. You Ooh, know that. Award-winning. And listen, uh, I should say, hey, listen, the crew is not in Edmonton right now. You have been traveling as of late. I think people are interested to know just kind of how it's been over the course of the last few years, the adjustments, finding a way to get through it. I know it looks like we're getting closer and closer to normalcy, and you had been back on the road. The Canadian trips present a little bit of a different challenge, but uh, what's it been like now that you can uh, reflect on uh, and how you've been able to get through it? Well, number one, it certainly has been different, Andy. You know, all my career I've been going to the games and traveling and things like that. And it's certainly a lot more exciting to be in the arenas, as you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel that our crew, not just me, our entire crew can do a better job when we're, you know, at the games. Although, you know, most people tell me that they can't tell, which I think is a compliment. But, you know, I know as a broadcaster, Andy, that we just can't do quite as good a job. And and me personally, you know, I I just miss things. And, you know, I called a goal the other night. It wasn't a goal. (laughs) And um, those things happen. But... So, you know, I think we're all professionals, Andy, including yourself, and we always want to do the very best job possible. And it's limited a bit when you're not in the arena. But obviously we know why. It's for safety and and precautionary reasons and all that. And, you know, it looks like it's coming to an end. And hopefully um, this weekend, hopefully, cross your fingers, it's the last time we have to do games on a monitor in a studio because after this weekend we are traveling the rest of the year and, and of course, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, I would would agree with that. All right, uh, I look at the division right now with St. Louis sitting in third behind Minnesota. Colorado obviously has been the head of the class all season long and uh, they've just been knocking at the door the last few years. You just wonder if this is going to be the season that maybe they break through. And again, at the end of the day, you have to do it. So we'll wait and see how that plays out in the playoffs. But do you do you look at the Blues as the third best team in the division? Or do you see them being better than Minnesota? I mean, they've had Minnesota's number the last couple of years, and the Blues have been a little bit inconsistent. I mean, how do you overall look at this team in terms of where they sit, and uh, and you know how how you know where where they're at in, in comparison to the other teams inside the division? Well, I think you're on the on the money, Andy. I think objectively, you have to admit that Colorado right now is the best team in the West in the regular season. And then I would lump in the Blues and in Minnesota. Nashville's a very good team. They're a tougher team than they have been in the last couple of years. And Dallas is coming on. I mean, they won again last night in overtime, and, and they're just hanging around. And now they're right 
um, you know, on the edge of in the playoffs. So um, they won't be an easy out. So, yeah, I, I look at Colorado as the, as the top team, but they've been the top team the last couple of years in the regular season, and they haven't won – you know, a second round series. So it's a different season as we know, Andy. Playoff hockey is different. Um, but I'm not saying Colorado can't come out of the West or win the Stanley Cup because they're a heck of a team. Um, but it is a different season, and the playoffs oftentimes um, do throw surprises at everybody. Yeah. Um, you, you'd be amazed. I don't have the numbers in front of me, Andy, but, you know, maybe you know. But the President's Trophy winner. Um, percentage-wise, does not win the Stanley Cup more than 50% of the time. As a matter of fact, I would guess off the top of my head it's about 20 25% of the mm-hmm. time. So there's no guarantee you're winning the Cup. So, um, But a lot of hockey left. We're, you know, we're now just into April, and we still have a full month to go before the playoffs. So just a lot of hockey to go. Yeah, and you look at the Dallas Stars, for example. You brought them up, and they did win a big game last night. I mean... Listen, if that's the reward for the first round of the playoffs, and I'm not, I wouldn't make any predictions or put money down on Dallas beating Colorado, but with it all being said, I wouldn't be surprised either when you look at who they have at the top end of their roster and their ability to play a mature National League game when it matters the most and when the stakes are at the highest. You know what I mean? And, and same with Nashville. If they had to go toe-to-toe with Calgary, if there's one team that can match Calgary's uh, toughness, it, it would certainly be... Nashville. I mean, so even these teams that finish at the top of the division, I mean, just getting out of the first round, it's not going to be easy, Johnny. No, and sometimes the first round is the hardest round, Andy, for whatever reason, because I think every team that makes the playoffs, all 16, they all go into the playoffs and they have dreams and wishes of winning the Stanley Cup, and they're excited, and their fan base is excited, and they should be. And, you know, look what the Blues in 19. They weren't a favorite. They didn't even have almost advantage in the first round against Winnipeg. So, you know, they got hot at the, at the right time. Obviously, it really, it really started in January when they won that, those 11 in a row. So, yeah, yeah I, think it's, I don't think it's wide open, Andy. There are certain teams that I don't think can win or will win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the East is a little bit more open than the West. I mean, I think really every team now in the East, except perhaps Washington, um, could come out of there. Um, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of Toronto's goaltending, so I'm not sure if, if they could come out with that goaltending. Um, but they they certainly have the firepower to come out of the Eastern Conference. So it's going to be – I was just talking to my son Patrick last night watching some games. I mean, the playoffs this year, I can't wait until, you know, May 4th or whenever they start. Uh, you know, all the first-round matches are going to be superb this year. Yeah, there's no question about that. Um, and I look at Minnesota. Listen, they made some changes at the trade deadline, we all know. And Billy Guerin has an idea of what he wants his hockey team to look like. And he went out and got the guys that he wanted. How much better are they? How do you look at the Minnesota Wild? Well, we haven't seen them, obviously, since the Winter Classic, Andy. And you're right. You mentioned it earlier. The Blues play well against Minnesota. They actually play a lot better against Minnesota than they do against Nashville, even though they did win in Nashville about a month ago. So, But they're they're a different team. And, you know, you, you can only put so much stock in what has happened in the past and what has happened in the regular season series against a team. I mean, just because you might win three or four against a team doesn't mean you're obviously going to win the series. Um, You can almost throw it out the window. So I don't know. Um, They're a different team, obviously. Talbot has actually played better in goal since Mm. they got Flurry, right? Yeah. So maybe that inspired him to pick up his game. But all I know is that 
they have two good goaltenders, and they're going to be tough out. And they're, they're a really good hockey team, well-coached, good structure. Um, I don't see weaknesses in any area, good defense, obviously a lot of firepower. I think the biggest thing, Andy, when I look at – the Minnesota Wild and, you know, the casual fan might look at them and say, oh, they're having a hot year and whatever. But, you know, they're one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL this year. Yeah. I mean, I think they're what third or fourth in goals scored. So that might surprise some people. So even though they don't have um, really a natural superstar except for Kaprizov, and mm-hmm. he's obviously a superstar now, they, they just score goals by committee like the Blues do. And that's the thing I think that might surprise a lot of people, that they're a really good offensive team. Yeah, and, and like the Blues, I think they have players that probably don't get enough attention for how good they are, like Fiala and some of these guys, because they are legit, as you know. Um, you, you look at Toronto, Austin Matthews gets to 50 goals, and you're going to see Connor McDavid tonight, who's at 100 points. I mean, at this stage of the season... Um, JK, and just historically speaking, like what's always impressed you more? Is it to get to 50 goals or is it to get to 100 points, at least in the modern game? I think 50 goals, Andy. I just think goal scoring is so hard and so difficult now. Um, it's it's Now, scoring is up this year a little bit, and especially in the last month, in the month of March, there were a lot of goals scored. I mean, Boston scored eight goals the other night, and then Pittsburgh had 11 in Detroit last week. Yeah. So for whatever reason, goal scoring is a little bit higher, and it's not because power plays are necessarily better, although I think as a group, power play percentage is up a little bit. But even strength scoring is up, and I don't know why, um, but it is. So I, I would say off the top of my head, I think it's a lot harder to get 50 goals than it is to get 100 points because just because goal scoring is so hard. And obviously the Oilers – you know, have, as you said, Drysaddle on the verge of 50 goals. He has 49 goals. And McDavid has a chance to get there. He's got 37 and has 100 points. So, you know, that one-two combination reminds me, Andy, quite honestly, of going back in the 90s when uh, Detroit had Fedorov and Iserman, Colorado had Sack and Forsberg, um, Dallas had Newendike, Madano. You know, that's why those teams, one of the reasons those teams are so strong, they had the one-two combination up front. And now you look at the Blues, of course, and they have O'Reilly, Thomas, and, and Braden Shen, one, two, three. That's pretty, pretty good. And that's that's a big reason why the Blues are a good team. I'm going to go off script here a little bit, J.K., because you just brought it up and it had me thinking. We just had an unbelievable conversation yesterday with Adam Foote on my podcast. I mean, I didn't know what to expect with Adam. Uh, he was incredible. We covered so much ground. And I know you, with your connection uh, to him and the Avalanche, will will love this interview. But he said Peter Forsberg, in his opinion, is one of the top three players to ever play in the history of the game. And that he's done things and could do things on the ice that he's never seen anybody else do. Uh, would you put him that high? Top three? I mean, could, could you could you confidently say that he belongs in the top three conversation? Well, yeah, that's a strong statement because my top three w- would have to be – Gretzky, Bobby Orr, and Gordie Howe. Mm-hmm. And then Mario Lemieux would be right there as well. So to, to put uh, FOPA, as they call him, in that group, that's a strong statement. But I will agree with Adam. In, in my time, of, of all the players, Andy, that I've covered on my teams that I've announced for, he is the most incredible player I've seen on a tonight basis. And I agree with Adam because – he, he would do things where you, you would say, how did he do that? And I've never seen that before and things like that. And he was such a competitive person. 
and such a great hockey player. And he, he had, he's got to be, to me, Andy, the closest thing to Gordie Howe that has ever existed in the game of hockey. And I didn't see Gordie Howe except at the end of his career, and he was still a great player. I mean, the guy played into his 50s, for God's sake. But to me, Forsberg's the closest thing that I've ever seen to Gordie Howe and just an incredible, incredible player. So I agree in that respect that mm-hmm. that he did things that just made you say, wow, how did he do that? He, he was so beat up, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was so beat up because, number one, he was so competitive, as I said. And number two, Andy, he played in an era where they just let things go. And, you know, he got mauled every night. And Sackick was different um, in the respect that he was like Gretzky. You, you couldn't hit him because you couldn't catch him. He was, Sackick was so quick. But Forsberg almost initiated confrontation, and he almost thrived on confrontation and physicality. Um, I remember a series, Andy, in 03. They played the Minnesota Wild and Jacques Lemaire. And the Wild came back. After being down 3-1, they won the series in seven games. And I swear to you, every single time Forsberg was on the ice, they just mauled him. And they held him and they hooked him. And if it would have been in today's game, and thank goodness they changed the rules in, in during the lockout in 05, but if, it would have, if that would have been you know in 2013 instead of 2003, the, the Wild would have been shorthanded the entire series. Mm. That, that's how bad it was. And, you know, I give Lemaire credit. He obviously, you know, had the lock and all that and the neutral zone trap and things like that. Um, it, but he knew how to take away or try to take away the Avalanche's firepower, and he did it by, by having them all Forsberg every sh- single shift. Was Sackick a guy that you could see uh, – moving into the role that he's in right now. I mean, and then having success. I mean, this guy was getting beaten up a couple of years ago. Like people didn't think that he was the right guy because the team was struggling and and he he believed in building through the draft, which is what they've been able to do. I mean, they've gotten some in, in incredible players in the draft and now, you know, he's kind of sitting in a great situation where you know, probably doesn't get enough credit for, you know, what he's done to put together that roster and the influence he's had on putting together that hockey team over there. Are you you surprised to see him succeed as a general manager? Well, you know, Andy, when I knew him as a player, and I was there for nine years and got to know Joe as well as you can get to know Joe, which isn't really that well. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Um, I would I would say two things: is that Joe was known as quoteless Joe, so he never sort of let you inside his mind. Um, you just didn't really know, but you always knew he was a smart player and a smart guy. And, and the hardest working player. I mean, the trainers told me that he was the hardest working guy in the gym every day. And it's no surprise he turned himself into such a great player. The other thing is that, you know, when, when you know a player, Andy, and, you know, whoever it might be, it could be Braden Shen today or, or Ryan O'Reilly, you don't know what their long-term aspirations are. So I had never talked to Joe about being a coach or a general manager down the road. So I didn't know. So, but he obviously has a great work ethic as a general manager, and he's built a powerhouse team. Um, but he, he, he keeps his cards as close to the vest as, quite honestly, any person I have ever met in hockey. <laughs> he just does. He doesn't tell you anything, and, you know, maybe that's not a bad way to go about things in today's world. Yeah, well, for some of these guys, you know it has to be the right situation for them, right? And it appears it's the right situation for Joe with an organization that he spends so much time with and uh, in a city that he's familiar with. All right, John Kelly is with us, a uh, longtime voice of the Blues. Uh, on Bali Sportsman West. He'll have the call tonight, Blues in Edmonton. 
really looking forward to these next two games. You got Calgary again tomorrow. And uh, listen, when these two teams get together with Calgary and the Blues, I mean, Blues got you know beat up pretty bad the last time they went to Calgary, and then they handled them uh, at the game in the Enterprise Center. But you know, at this stage of the season, it's just like talking about Minnesota in terms of head-to-head matchups. Sometimes you don't read too much into it, but what you can read into is if you face some of these heavyweights late in the season. Like, how did you do against them late in the season? And the Blues still have two games coming up against the Wild before the season is over. But how do you look at tonight's game? Is it a measuring stick game for you when you're facing a team that, like at Edmonton, I don't want to say they're desperate, but every every game matters at this stage of the season for them and everybody else, really. Well, obviously, it's it's a huge game. It's a tough game. The Oilers have won eight in a row at home, Andy, as you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jay Woodcroft, give him credit, has done a really good job really turning the season around since taking over from Dave Tippett. So he has the big boys playing well. Again, I think the biggest challenge for the Oilers, almost like the Maple Leafs, is how good is their goaltending going to be. Mike Smith and Koskinen have played better of late. Koskinen played in the last game. He has better numbers than Mike Smith, who I know has battled some injuries as well. But to me, that's the biggest question mark for the Oilers is not how many goals they're going to score because they're an offensive powerhouse, but how are they going to defend and keep the puck out of their net? So I think that's the question mark for Edmonton going down the road. And as far as Calgary, you're right. They got pounded up there. 7-1, I believe, was the final score. And then they came back a few days later and played really well against the Flames, although that was a back-to-back for Calgary. They had played the night before. Um, not to take anything away from the Blues, but uh, they, they faced a, a tired Calgary team. So I watched Calgary play last night. I watched a lot of the games, Andy. Mm-hmm. They're a fun team. And, yeah. and I think right now that line of Lindholm and Kachuk and Johnny Hockey is the best line in hockey. And and they just torched the Blues up in Calgary. So that's the challenge for me is the Flames are um, – they play their fourth line a lot. I, I watched them play last night again, as I said, and, and they play that Lucic line a lot. So like Craig Bruby, he likes to play four lines. And the challenge to me is that to not let the first line kill you like they did the first time and, and to, to stand up their, to their physicality. But they're, they're a really good team. And they're a team that, you know, if the Blues don't come out of the West, I would not be surprised at all if Calgary somehow down the line, and it would be in the third round, could could upset Colorado. That's how good a team they are. Yeah, I would agree. And again, they're so good on the power. But all three of those uh, forwards you mentioned for their top line, they are the best line in hockey. And statistically speaking, it's it's proven too. I mean, they all have thirty goals. It's they're fun to watch them. You know, to snap the puck around. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that Frank Cusimano asked me the other day, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. So um, I'm, I'm curious who your answer is, and then I'll tell you what mine was, but he asked me who the MVP of the Blues is. I hadn't thought about it all season. Like, I don't ever think about, okay, who's their MVP? But it it had me thinking, and it was a good question, so I'm curious how you'd answer it. Who is their MVP? Wow, that that is a tough question off the top of my head. Man. Because, you know, you look at a guy like David Perron, who's come on, he had such a great month of March. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't say he's the MVP because he was quiet for a couple of months. Yeah, I said the same um, thing, yeah. You know, and, and Shen was hurt for a while, and since the first of the year, um, he's been fantastic. Boy, it's a tough one. Let me give um, you my answer. Let me give you my answer. All right, because, let me give you mine first. Okay. I, would, I would have to say, I would have to say Billy Huso because okay. Bennington lost 
his edge, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and he, he, he right now he's lost his job, his number one job. Not to say he can't get it back. Things can change quickly in sports, as we know. But I don't know where the Blues would be without Billy Huso. And he's been that good and that mm-hmm. consistent. So I would now that I've thought about it, and you obviously you caught me off guard a little bit, I would have to say Billy Huso because I don't know where the Blues would be without Billy Huso right yeah, now. Yeah, and that's a great answer. And I actually wish, I actually when I hung up on my, with Frank, I'm like, yeah, I probably should have said Huso. Although, what was your answer? Although he wasn't the number one guy the first half of the, you know, a good chunk of the first half of the season. Uh, I said Justin Falk. I just think in terms of most consistent, he's been he's been there. I'm not saying he's their best player or he's even their MVP, but he's the name I gave. But then I also said you could make the argument that, that Pavel Buchnevich for a good chunk of the season has been their most consistent forward. And their best player right now, you could make the argument, is Robert Tom. You know, so right. so it's like there's no right or wrong answer, but obviously goaltending, we all know how important that is. And you know, once Billy Huso got the reins and took off, uh, he was able to settle things down for the Blues, and he has been everything for the Blues this season. So I don't know, I, I could put three or four guys in the category. I know you have a ton of respect for Justin Falk, though, as well. Well, I think he's been their most consistent defenseman and having a fantastic year. He's their plus-minus leader. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I love the way Justin Falk is playing right now. He's been a monster in the last uh, – you know, I, I know he's minus three in back-to-back games, but then was great Monday and was fantastic the other night. So, And, and Preco is right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the thing with Preco to me is he's been a little bit more inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, most nights Preco is a dominant defenseman, Andy, as you know. But I think I think you know, consistent wise, I think Falk has been their best defense. Yeah, and Pareko hasn't had an, a a consistent partner really. I mean, he's yeah, had exactly. music, musical chairs there, and I, and I like how Letty has fit in with him. At least the last couple of games, they played well together. So, Johnny, listen, great stuff, man. You know, I appreciate it when you come on and uh, and uh, good luck with the call this weekend. I know you'll have fun with that and uh, four game homestand coming up after this weekend too. So it's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch you know that and uh, always great talking with you my pleasure Andy thanks for having me okay we'll talk soon that's uh, the great John Kelly man always appreciate when he comes on and he loves talking hockey man he loves the game and um, you know he can talk about anything you talk about stuff around the league too sometimes it's good to get into that from a local perspective as well um before we take a break, we'll talk a little bit about Paul's Market. You know Paul's Market. It's grilling season, like I said. I mean, Seth Close is looking at me like right now, you got to bring that up again because he's hungry. He is hungry. Uh, they got the best prime beef anywhere in America. I'll throw that out there. Because Tommy Daniels is the guy that's just parading himself around town. He's putting the city of St. Louis on his shoulders, just cooking meat for people. I mean, if you don't know how to make it, like he'll go over to your house and be like, no, you got to do it like this. This guy should have his own cooking show. Uh, He's on his way. I mean, Tommy Daniels is on his way. 314-941-5748. Put that number in your phone. Tommy Daniels, because he will deliver Paul's Market, a St. Louis institution that's been around for over 60 years. He'll deliver it to your front door. But I highly recommend going into Paul's Market because that's an experience, too. I love it in there. Old school butcher shop. Great people. Jerry Crump. These guys are awesome. Jerry McClure, I should say. He's a third generation of the Crump family. The Crump family started Paul's Market over 60 years ago. And then Tommy Daniels is just uh, doing his thing, man. He will take it to your uh, door-to-door. So here's the deal with uh, Tommy. They got everything. USDA prime beef, locally sourced pork, the domestic lamb, all the high-grade fish options as well. Check them out. You can go to their website, paulsmarketstl.com, paulsmarketstl.com, Bennington, Shen, Peron, Tarasenko, Barubi, Federico. I got everybody. 
Everybody getting their meat from Paul's Market. So get there and get there today. we got to take a break. We'll come back and wrap things up. A very short segment on the other side of this edition of Hockey Sense, brought to you by Forehands Brewing Company. Thanks for hanging out as always. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.